Hello, and welcome to Firmly Grasp It, a podcast about sports and all it's being. I am your host, Evan Greenberg. For today's episode, we have two guests, the first one being my main podcast guest, my co-host, you know him as the King of Jordan, Sammy Alshawabka. Sammy, how are you? Doing well. How are you doing? Doing well. And joining us today, we have a new guest, and I believe you are going to introduce her. I am. And not only that, she's our second female guest on the podcast, so we're we're diversifying ourselves out here (laughs) but on the podcast i have my good old friend from northeastern we go way back talk a lot of college football (laughs) really amazing baker and solid runner overall jem jebia how you doing jem i'm really good how are you guys doing well what uh what have you been baking lately oh my gosh the combination of like being at home and kind of like stress baking means that I've been I've been baking like almost every single day. I haven't gotten into the whole bread thing completely yet, though I made some really good Hawaiian bread. <laughs> but mainly like I've been trying to make things that are kind of like individual so that my partner can take them to work. So I've been making a lot of like cupcakes and like bars and it's lots of things amazing. involving or yeah, it's it's a little dangerous. But I know, <laughs> I know. Um, probably on the last day of Ramadan, probably not the best time to. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Things to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, my Evan, I got into the bread game. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, that's. Yeah, she's not. She's never really into it, but now that we've been all home, yeah, she's made a one loaf. She made a challah the other week that was really good. Ooh. So. Not quite on your level, it seems, but get in there. Oh, I Hala's like not the easiest thing to make because it I feel like it's really easy to make it tough, like if you work with it too much. So I mean, good Hala is definitely appreciated. It came out well. We didn't do the best <laughs> on our threading. That was kind of my fault, but it was also we had enough <laughs> dough for three and we tried to just make it into two. So it was just <laughs> too thick, too much. It was like a thick, yeah, thick braid. It was a thick boy. (laughs) That's awesome. And uh, Jim, I have another question for you. Yeah. Since we're talking about the Rams today, spoiler for anyone who hasn't read the title of the episode, we're talking about the Rams. (laughs) When they play in the Coliseum, Mm -hmm. when do you see the next time USC making the Rose Bowl? (gasps) Oh, man. I I mean, first of all, it's like heartbreaking to be so day by day in terms of like if college football will happen and thinking about it's hard to think about losing the, the tailgate season. But, you know, the, I, part of what's happened with shelter in place is I guess I don't have to be too subversive with my feelings about Clay Helton. But I would suffice it to say, I I don't know if I see it happening in the next couple of years. It's unfortunate because our our talent this year was going to be really good, I think. Like we were going to be a better team overall. It just feels like the 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 talent is wasted. I mean, it's been wasted the past couple of years and the excuse of rebuilding after the sanctions. I, I just think that that's over, but we'll see. I always hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, it's not the first time I've heard USC having a lot of talent but not performing up to their expectations. <sighs> Maybe they should yeah. bring back the lane train. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, so one thing I'm super, I don't know if y'all have heard, but in the past couple of days, USC announced a home and away with Ole Miss. Oh and my God. I know. And it, and I, not that I think that good old Lane will be the coach then, but how epic would that be? <laughs> in 2025, <laughs> we meet again. <laughs> oh, there's no chance he's still around then. He no. Stay more than like two and a half years of the job. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just, the, the thinking about like meeting the visor on the other side would be, <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> no one's ready for the lane train. Oh my gosh. No, not even Ole Miss. <laughs> they might be ready for his personality, but... Yeah, the tailgating at Ole Miss looks. I mean, I hadn't really like heard much about it. I know it's like the most supposed to be the most epic, but my friend and I were sort of researching, and it it sounds amazing. Even though I guess beer is like not legal on campus, so everybody like oh. takes red cups and drinks out of that. That's like their their strategy. So, that sounds that unlike Ole Miss. Day. Yeah, I know. Yeah. All right, are we ready to. Move on to the Rams draft, a little less interesting probably overall. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I'm ready. All right, Jem. So before we start, when we have a guest on for the first time regarding draft grades, we like to ask them their grading methodology, how they just came up with their grades for each of their picks. So how did you do that? How did you come up with them? Okay, so in true PhD fashion, my grades are like I tried to read as many sources as possible. <laughs> so like I looked at kind of before free agency and after and focused on after, obviously, but as far I didn't come up with like a strict number. I did more of like the A plus through F range and just focused on like what they what the Rams needed and then I because I'm coming from like I know more about college football I looked more at like the programs and the sort of history of like success and just like immediate need to win now versus like developing an overall pro does that sound like is that answering the question <laughs> yeah. first of all nerd alert second of all, yes. <laughs> okay <laughs> good yeah, so that was kind of my strategy. We'll see how it goes. We'll see if you guys agree. I'm sure we won't have too many differences. Sammy does a letter grading system as well, basing it on needs, value of the draft pick, and comparable players available at certain times. I do a check system. So the check is given to a player if it fits one of their pre-draft needs, which we'll discuss shortly. And mm, then it's based uh on value after that, kind of irrespective of the rest of the picks. And based on our, we did a whole pre-draft guide where we had the first three rounds all projected out. So if it's a great value, the player gets a plus. If it's a regular value or average, it's a zero. If it's a reach or a poor value, it's a minus. So the players will get one of six grades, either check plus, plus, check, zero, check minus, or minus. Cool. Okay. Let's move on to those pre-draft needs. I'll list mine off per usual, and then you two will tell me whether you had the same or different. Okay. I had running back, left guard, center, linebacker, and cornerback. Sammy, I'll start with you. You have same or different? I also had uh, tackle and safety as well. And Jim? Um, yeah, I think I had pretty much the same. I just said linebacker, running back, and guard, and left tackle specifically. 
Okay, I didn't include left tackle. Just I know Andrew Whitworth will probably be gone after this year, but for now, he's still a solid player and on the roster. With my mm-hmm. draft, when I did the needs, I don't look too far ahead. I know I get the understanding of doing that, but mm-hmm. for this year, at least, I figured they could be okay. But next year, they'll definitely need one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's move Fair. on to their picks. The first pick, they didn't have any first round picks. So we moved to the second round where they had two picks. The first one, 52nd overall. They took Cam Akers, running back out of Florida State. Jem, as our guest, I will start with you. What were your thoughts and grade on this pick? Okay, so I I like really randomly gave this pick a B plus. I think so with Todd Gurley gone, I think the issue was being too high paid, having an underperforming, like too high paid running back. So I think their strategy in drafting Akers was to utilize all of their running backs equally. I like from what I researched, he was a five-star recruit out of high school. You know, Florida State hasn't been like super dominant in the past couple of years, but it, as a freshman, he broke Dalvin Cook's record. So, I mean, I think given he had he had a better kind of starting and ending season than he did in the middle. So, I think it was a good pick. Like they they got what they needed, especially at not having a first round pick. For sure. One of their big needs that they were looking to address. Sammy, what were your thoughts on grade? Yeah, it's it's very similar. I'm leaning I lean more towards the B range due to we mentioned Cam Akers a few times. And I think Evan, I believe you mentioned him specifically to a certain team. Which team? <laughs> You you didn't you specifically mention him as being the Rams' first pick in this draft? I wish I could say I did, but I'm looking at my picks now, and I did not. I felt like you said an episode or two that one of one of our pre-draft episodes that you mentioned that Cam Akers most likely would fall early to the to the Rams. But either way, it's it's a B pick. You know what he did at Florida State was really good, and yeah, he broke Dalvin Cook's record in a not really great Florida State team so in terms of his talent ability he's gonna bring another level of speed and just running in general the only issue I have is that he wasn't the top running backs available in in this mm-hmm. point JK Dobbins out of Ohio State was, was still available who I felt would have been a much better fit for the team here so overall, uh, it's it's not a bad pick, and it does fill that need. But I I like Dobbins more. I feel like they missed out completely on on Dobbins here. Mm, I feel that I'm in pretty similar agreement. I was just looking back at guys who were positions where I might have had him. I mentioned the Redskins at 63, and I mentioned him at the Falcons at 47, which would put Cam Akers' value right around the center of that. He was a guy that I began to feel very favorably of as we went through our pre-draft process. A guy who had a lot of success at Florida State, despite Florida State having a terrible offensive line, to put it mildly, honestly. Their offensive line was atrocious all the way around pretty much his entire (laughs) career there. And he was still able to put up really good numbers. Good thing for him is that he's used to bad offensive lines because the Rams offensive line last year took a huge step back and as they're just getting a year older and didn't really do anything to address it this offseason or in the draft, they should be pretty mediocre again this year. He will be part of a running back by committee with their last year's third round pick, Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown. They lost Ty Gurley, who was their big guy. 
I'm okay with Dobbins not going here, even though Dobbins was certainly the better player, mostly because of his role would be fairly limited. I'm happy that Dobbins went to a team like the Ravens where he has that opportunity and the likelihood of success. So it's a check for me. I get why they made the pick. I think he's a better pass catcher and he's better in between the tackles guy than Dobbins. Dobbins is a better athlete, but there's not. I'm not too upset with taking Cam Akers over Dobbins. The value just pre-draft wise is right around the range. So I'm cool with this pick as well. It's a check for me. Yeah, he's a good player that that will definitely play well. It's all up to the running back rankings. The running backs were all over the place this draft. Yeah, they definitely were. Even the first one, we've talked about how Clyde edwards Hilaire was the only one that won the first round, and I didn't have him at my top two, at least. Or even top four, top three. Maybe he was like a fourth or fifth with Akers. Yeah, he was probably in the four or five. I was trying to be nice. But yeah, yeah it was nah, probably. Nah. I think he was behind <laughs> Akers and maybe Zach Moss. I, I think I love Zach Moss. Too. You didn't, but I I had him higher. But I'm not. It's it's at this point, it's not. I didn't. Set, we'll get to the Chiefs later on. I didn't. Wasn't terribly upset with that pick. Yeah. Let's move on to a pick that I was pretty upset about, and the <laughs> listeners know this. Fifty seventh overall, they took Van Jefferson, wide receiver out of Florida. Sammy, I'll let you start first. Your thoughts and grade on this pick. Oh, I'm, I'm honored you want me to start with, with this pick because <laughs> I'm also really upset with this pick too. This. So before I even talk about Van Jefferson as well, I just want to point out Denzel Mims was still available before I even get to Van Jefferson. <laughs> Since I, I tried to not highlight that there's better players available, but this one was a big, there was a big circle on Mims that should have been drafted for Jefferson and Jefferson himself out of Florida Florida isn't really a pass heavy school so mm-hmm. his ability of, of route running and, and speed wasn't completely utilized and he's definitely a, a talented and athletic receiver who has really good hands but when they lost Brandon Cooks they lost the level of speed that there were a few guys, Mims being one of them, could have definitely helped replace. And instead, by getting Van Jefferson, not only did they get another guy that's the same as probably, what, Josh Reynolds, another Josh Reynolds, or another Cooper Cup on, on the team, but just slower. And then not only that, Van Jefferson should be nowhere near the second round. We mentioned him late third rounder, possibly, if he were to be drafted in the first three rounds. So... In terms of his value, this was a huge reach. They probably could have waited on him and drafted him later. And to me, this this is just this is a C minus pick for me. Somehow, Florida's offense, especially their passing game, has been something that we've made fun of more than probably any other aspect of college football. I'm not sure how we've gone here, but it's officially been done because Florida had three wide receivers drafted, and we've criticized every single one of those picks. <laughs> I mean. They're not a pass-heavy team. It's so weird, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's very strange. There's certain teams that that's worked before. I've, I know I've mentioned just for fun. Obviously, there's no real comparison. The Calvin Johnson went to Georgia Tech, a team that's known to run the triple option rather than throw the ball at all. But I'm obviously similar in agreement with you. They maybe needed a third receiver. My argument has previously been that I see Sean McVay converting more to a two-tight end system with 
mm-hmm. Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby, and they're not going to go to that three wide receiver that they'd been so adept to for the first year, couple years of the McVay system. Van Jefferson could fit the Brandon Cooks role if they were going with that, but at this point, I don't see him getting a large snap count anytime soon. He needs to work a lot in development as a developmental player and a second round pick. I don't really want that. He caught a lot of balls at Florida. He was by far their best receiver. Mm-hmm. But as we mentioned, that's not saying too much. It's somewhere either a minus or a check minus. I guess I have to put minus because I did not mention a wide receiver three as one of their needs. But I could understand somebody mentioning that. I just it is as you mentioned, Sammy, the reach is just huge one of the worst reaches of this draft and we've talked about him before it has nothing to do really with van jefferson as a player if he was taken at 104 which was one of their later picks i would have been like this is a totally fine pick it makes a lot of sense check or zero whatever but getting him at 57 regardless of denzel mims or any other wide receiver being around make no sense to me or even just other players like zach bond you know Hmm. or just an offensive lineman maybe that might have been (laughs) yeah helpful investment just to help out cam Akers, the guy you just drafted five picks before (laughs) chad what are your thoughts yeah i'm yeah i'm hearing i i definitely hear you guys i think okay so let me start by saying i learned a fun fact about van jefferson which is that he's the son of the former player and now the assistant coach one of the assistant coaches for the jets sean jefferson which it's interesting that like, I don't know, I found it interesting that a lot of the Rams draft class, like their, their dads, their, their parents are athletes. And they actually like, I think they took at least two multi-sport athletes. I don't know, maybe that's just a tangent. But so I definitely agree that taking a wide receiver at this point was an interesting at best pick. I will say, and this is where I get to kind of show off my love for Robert Woods and USC. So as a wide receiver, Robert Woods at USC was not the kind of receiver that he is for the Rams now. And I think the Rams have a particular specialty in being able to develop their offense for the receivers. And one strength that Jefferson does have is that he utilizes all of the field. So like some of what I was reading, I think makes sense that he is almost kind of a combination of the two receivers they have now, Woods and Cup. And I think that he could be a really good sort of like quarterback's best friend. And, and I, I'm, maybe what they see in him is the ability to sort of like melt mold him to be part of this like power receiver offense that they have. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's just that his mold is this, you mentioned it, his mold is the same as the other two guys that they have. So you would think that Mm -hmm. they, they like, they, like I mentioned, they had Brandon cooks who was Mm -hmm. probably the fastest receiver on the team. Most, I mean, he was, he is the fastest receiver Mm -hmm. on the team, but you would have thought that they maybe wanted to get another guy who could fit that speed that could just break through without necessarily having to have the Cooper Cup or Reynolds mold. Mm-hmm. So in, in terms of, of that ability, I'm not too high on Van Jefferson. Yeah. And your comparison to Bobby Woods, 
the fact that he didn't really develop into a solid NFL wide receiver for several years. Buffalo mm-hmm. was a team that drafted him and unfortunately did not really reap any of the benefits of him being a successful player. No. And you don't want to draft a guy that's going to be like that, that you don't expect him to be a really good player for three or four years because that just wastes their entire rookie contract, which is the entire point of accumulating draft picks because you get these young guys who can provide great value in terms of the salary cap. And if he's not going to be a guy for you that's going to make that impact, it makes just not too much sense to me there. I get where you're coming from, though, because if they want to go back to a three-receiver set, if one of their tight ends gets hurt, Mm -hmm. you at least have the backup plan of Jefferson being a viable option and with some development can become that player that they want him to be. It's just going to take longer than a 57th overall pick would suggest. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I, I will say on the other side, injury is definitely a, a, an issue too. Um, especially like for a receiver, a foot injury. Um, it's like, I think that he's been struggling with that. He struggled with that kind of through his college career. So something to watch out for. Doesn't make the pick as appealing, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would, I would agree. Let's move on to a pick that at least I felt in a better light. Third round, 84th overall. They took Terrell Lewis, defensive end out of Alabama. I'll start here on this one. This was one of the maybe only plus. We'll see. There's another guy that I am wavering between a zero and a plus for. This is one of my pluses for sure. He was a guy that I mentioned in the later second round. So the value is not blown like incredible. But looking at between the 62nd pick and the 84th pick, maybe I like the difference there and letting him fall to them instead of reaching on the guy. Hits a doesn't hit a position of need as their defensive line is something that they continually retool in free agency with Aaron Donald just climbing down on the middle. He's a solid player. He was one of my favorites on that defensive line at Alabama. There's a couple other guys that went around this time that I did not like as much. So getting Lewis here and not having to take the reach on him, he's a very athletic, talented player, as pretty much every player in Alabama's defense is. And although they have maybe spotty record of being successful in the NFL, I don't see him as a super high ceiling guy, but I see his floor as being really positive and will provide a good run stuffing on the outside and just a good motor to pair with Aaron Donald. So it's a plus value for me. I like the pick a lot. I mean, by far the best one, in my opinion. Jem? Yeah, I I am pretty much in agreement with you. I think, first of all, the Rams needed a linebacker. I th- and I, I also kind of considered, like, Alabama has a spotty record in the NFL. But I do think, like, I'll just highlight, I noticed that he's a big dude. And I think that's helpful both in this position in general in the NFL and for the the types of like the teams that the Rams are playing, I think still struggles with, with injury. And it, one interesting kind of fact that I was looking at is that he didn't have any sacks in the game against Michigan. Um, and the, the, sorry, the, the bowl game, um, which you would think like that's, that's like not a positive um, stat, but I think his technique is like spotty sometimes, but the fact that he's got the side, like he, he has, you're right. He has the foundation to be a player that they need to fulfill a big need that they clearly have this season. um, And he can learn and he's coming from a program where he needed to like step up and compete. 
I'm just fun fact. I'm just looking at his Wikipedia page that he was actually born Terrell Hall and then changed his last name to Lewis at some point. Really? So does it say yeah. why? No, it just said he changed it his sophomore year. It doesn't even say whether that was high school or college. But that was just I guess you think you know a guy, and then you know, then you find out you're not even going by the right last name. <laughs> wow. Sorry, yeah, Sammy, what were your thoughts on this pick? I like the pick. Uh, I'm, I'm agreeing with both of you guys that this is probably their, their best pick or one of their best picks, considering that they had Dante Fowler leave, so they probably could have used another guy. I don't know who their other edge rusher is at the moment either, other than Donald. Is it Brockers? Oh, Brockers is back. Right, I forgot Brockers is back because that whole thing with the Ravens didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, my experience with Tara Lewis has not been positive. <laughs> just from the LSU front of things. <laughs> the guy has been just a menace over the couple seasons that I've seen him play against LSU. And, in fact, he was the only one that could get to Burrow. Burrow wasn't really sacked much in that game, but he did cause him to fumble, which, you know, on a high-caliber level of talent – you know, that's that's what you like to see out of your edge rushers. So overall it's it's a good pick for me. I, I, I'm giving I'm between a B plus and an A minus on this one. That makes sense. I'm not opposed to that grade. I, I would say B plus just because he's not really Terrell Lewis. He's a phony. Big fat phony. <laughs> phony. What's funny, the Rams went back to back on Terrell's because their next pick, hundred and fourth <laughs> overall, they it took Terrell Burgess, safety out of Utah. Jim, I'll start with you here first. Your thoughts on Terrell number two? Yeah, I know. I was. I actually did get like slightly confused while I was doing my research because yeah, there are two Terrells in a row. So I think from. I mean, I'm excited to be able to talk about Utah and the Pac-12. I mean, it. Utah is a defensive powerhouse. They had a so. Bur- Burgess in, in specifically had a really good game against Washington, which was supposed to be one of the best teams in the Pac-12. Utah obviously won the Pac-12 South last year, and their defense was ranked number three in the country. And I th- so as far as like Burgess as a player, he I think he was originally a cornerback, right? Um, and he... He's not great against speed, which is why probably USC bested Utah. Um, Had to get that in there because that was one of our better games last season. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think so. From what I can tell, his job will be to guard the middle of the field. And he reads play development really well. So he, I give, I mean, I'm not, it's hard to pick a, great on this one but i think i know he's coming from a really good program he's he the the one thing i will say that's negative about him is that he only started three times so that i think is troubling but he's coming from a good program yeah good program he's a good athlete as you mentioned mm-hmm. i'm in the zero his did, sammy do we talk about him at all in our pre-draft talk i don't think so oh uh, yeah i'm not sure maybe i mentioned him once somewhere but really his late his projections was late third early or fourth round for the most part, 
and late third to fourth isn't too much of a difference for me to sour on the value. Mm-hmm. He should be a productive player for them, maybe not right away, but in time there is that potential for him to be a solid player because I said cornerback was a need and their secondary has just kind of been a little wishy-washy the last few years with a lot of just signings and tradings and different signings and different tradings and a lot of moves going on, a lot of fluctuations. So would it surprise me if a hole opened up in the near future that gave Burgess the opportunity to become a starting caliber player? Whether he lives up to that potential is to be seen. I'm sort of mm-hmm. definitely in the middle of how I feel about him. Mm-hmm. It would If I had to give a letter grade, it would be in that B-ish range, right in that very average, as average as you can get pick, where there is the upside, there is the potential for need, but it's not necessarily there right away, and we don't know how long it will take for that to rise. So it's a zero for me. Mm. Sammy? I am with you on the B minus grade because that's what I had. I had safety originally as a need because Eric Weddle uh, retired. So I felt that they needed to at least address the safety spot with that sudden change. And also, I believe Robbie Coleman as well uh, left. I'm blanking on where he went. Was it the yeah, Eagle? he went to the yeah. Eagles, I believe. Yeah, so they have a spot. He's a, he was a nickel corner. He wasn't a safety. I mean, given his size and probably most likely we'll see more in a nickel corner as opposed to as a safety immediately there outside of Jalen Ramsey, there's a lot of movement that can really go around between where these guys can play. I mean, I'm, I gave it a B minus grade. I think, you know, he, he nothing completely special, but he was a part of that really solid Utah defense coming out of college, and I, I believe he can play deep, but speed is his biggest weakness, so it's, it's a B-minus for me. I agree with you guys. I think I was I was between a B-minus and a C-plus, and I think the fact that he could... I, I see him as playing multiple positions, perhaps. That kind of pushed me toward the B-minus. My question is, though, it was such a deep cornerback class, and so why are you going to draft a safety that you expect to play cornerback? We've talked about this with a few other guys, and some of them make more sense than others, but other times like this one, it just feels like a reach. It kind of we did the same thing with uh, Noah Igbenogany with the Miami Dolphins. That was an earlier pick for sure. But if you have a position of need that you want to hit, take a player who's played that position a lot, or is just a supreme physical being. And Burgess is really, as you said, he made he started at corner, but he was moved to safety because they felt like he'd be better at safety but his skills don't necessarily fit as a cornerback either. It's just, if he plays as a safety, it, it make, fits his skill set a lot more than as a cornerback. Hmm. Let's move on to their next pick, 136th overall, fourth round. They took Bryson Hopkins, tight end out of Purdue. Sammy, I'll let you start here. What were your thoughts and grade for this pick? I didn't have tight end as a need, and <laughs> they already have two other tight ends between... Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett. So in terms of using a pick on a tight end, especially when the tight end class really, really dropped at this point, they probably could have used, they could have gotten him in their sixth or seventh round picks. The tight ends really fell hard and they didn't need a tight end anyway to begin with. So in terms of him and his abilities, he's 
an all right guy. He should be good as more of a blocking tight end more than anything. Not going to really be expecting much out of him in terms of receiving. I, I don't know. I, I didn't have tight end as a need, and there were other spots. They still haven't addressed the offensive line yet. And it's, this is a C- minus for me. Hmm. I just wanted to mention that last year at Purdue, he had 61 catches for 830 yards and 7 touchdowns. I don't really see him being a receive a blocking tight end. But mm. I'll get into mine in a second. I want Jem to go first because he's the guy, as I mentioned earlier, I'm stuck between two grades, so I want to see if she'll sway me one way or another. <laughs> I So I gave this pick a C. I think one thing I was thinking about was, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Peyton Manning does this little series called Peyton's Place on... Oh. Um, on ESPN. Yeah. And he had an episode about like the tight end position going away, like it not being relevant anymore. And it seems like that has been really has been uh, like doesn't make sense this year. Because a lot of like even the older type of tight end players are still like they're not free agents. They're they're still finding work. So this guy, I mean, my notes on Hopkins are basically that he's coming from a Big Ten school that is not you know, dominant, but like wants to make a name for themselves. He's a very versatile athlete. I think he played both basketball and baseball. And I don't think he started playing football until he was like a senior in high school. Um, Another son of a former NFL player. And at the column, at the combine, he got a 98 production score, which was the highest of any tight end. So I know those are like maybe more positive things. I I think Sammy, you're right that this is a weird pick just based on need. Um, but I think if they were going to take a tight end, he's he seems like one of the the better ones. Because both of you were so negative in your overall grades, even though Jim just had plenty of positive comments to say about him, I'm going to be the defiant one here and go the other way with it. Great. He was one of my favorite fits. The guy that we when we did our favorite fits episode, he was one of my fourth round guys. Because the Rams do have currently two tight ends, but as I mentioned with the Van Jefferson, I see them sticking to two tight ends a lot, which would give him one some opportunity to be their third tight end early on, and then with the opportunity, someone like Gerald Everett, who's had plenty of injury issues his first couple of years in the league, and Higby's had a couple injuries as well, it'll give him the opportunity to present himself. I saw an article that they're actually he might play some more like kind of in the slot as a little bit as well mm-hmm. as the tight end. So I see him solely as a receiving tight end him and Brock Purdy at Purdue had a or Brock Purdy was at Iowa State uh whoever their quarterback was I'm blanking on Purdue's quarterback but they had a really nice connection there for the last couple years tight end didn't really Sammy mentioned that tight ends fell they didn't really fall they were just really out of order in the way they went where certain guys like Adam Troutman fell a lot further than I thought he was going to be Bryson Hopkins was another one that I had in that late third round Mr. Picks but the Patriots took two guys that weren't him and a couple other teams took guys that weren't him. So he ended up falling to the later parts of the fourth round. I like the value in that regard. And considering I had him as a favorite fit as well, I got to give it a plus. Yes, he's not a need right away, but I like the fit here. And as a good receiving tight end, I see him fitting in well as a overall pass catcher. They still haven't addressed the offensive line yet. Did you need to spend a pick on a third tight end? They need to spend a pick on a third wide receiver that they're not 
going to use. They they've wasted a few of their picks already. I'm not. Yeah. It, there's a it's silly here to draw the line at 136 and be like, this is where they should have taken the offensive lineman compared to their four previous picks where they should have and could have done the same. And the fact that they don't do it at all really until their 250th overall pick. <laughs> so the, for some reason, the Rams did not. They're one of the few teams in this division that just decided to ignore their offensive line. God. But let's move on to their let's move on to their next pick. And speaking of doubling down on a position they, they don't need, sixth yeah. round, 199th overall. They took Jordan Fuller, safety out of Ohio State. I gave this one a zero. I don't believe he played much at Ohio State. Mm-mm. They wasn't I know Not Ohio really, State no. has a lot of Ohio State has a lot of talented players, and unlike taking a third wide receiver at Florida, it makes sense to take a talented guy from Ohio State that didn't get a lot of playing time and just hoping that their overall talent was the reason he didn't play. Otherwise, it just doesn't make sense why they're taking another safety when I didn't have safety as a need in the first place. It's a zero for me just because we're so late in the draft at this point. I don't want to diminish his value too much, but I don't really like the pick. Jem? Yeah, I'm with you. I give this like a C minus, maybe even a D plus. And I, I'm going to say something like, maybe that's like kind of controversial, but when you read a player's bio and, and I'm all for this, like as a personal achievement, when you read a player's bio and the main kind of points of it are the like student athlete highlights and the fact that they got good grades and they like did humanitarian work. Like I love all of that, of course. It also doesn't necessarily say much for one's athletic career. You know, Ohio State, Sammy and I can definitely <laughs> agree on our um, dislike, strong dislike. For oh, the- I, I'm there too. Don't worry. I'm Great. a Wisconsin fan. Oh, oh, so you're really, <laughs> you, you feel it every single year. Yeah, but I, I agree with you completely. The need was not there. I think... He struggled at Ohio State. He was not like a one of their starting players. He doesn't really ha- even have ideal traits for the safety spot. And I kind of see him, I don't even, like if, if there's an NFL training camp this year, I, I don't know if I see him making it past camp or maybe, I mean, certainly not being like a quality starter year one. Yeah, for sure. I, both, yeah. both of these guys, the sixth round pick and three seventh round picks, there's not much expectation of them being starters for them in the first That's year, true. but I'm not sure if he'll yeah. be a starter for them at any point. Yeah. Sammy, That's what were true. your thoughts? I just want to say I'm, I'm ready to turn this into a, an Ohio State hate group podcast. <laughs> um, Great. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> but I can't hate too much because they did give us Burrow, which is that's the fine line. So I'll just leave it at that. It's what's your grade on this pick? <laughs> the grade on this pick is a C minus. Like, if he makes the team, I feel like he's gonna make the team just because they're they're really not like they're really lacking in in safeties in terms of talent and availability. They had a couple injuries last year, and also Eric Weddle being retired. I mentioned him when they drafted uh, Terrell Burgess, but he just doesn't really offer anything that the other players already don't have. So. It's it's a waste of a pick, and we mentioned already there are other spots they need to address. I'm going to keep holding that line until we get to that pick. Mm-hmm. All right, Sam, you ready to say it again? Because first of their three seventh-round picks, 234th overall, they did not take an offensive lineman again. They took a linebacker, 
Clay Johnson out of Baylor. I'll let you start first on this one and go back to back on your thoughts and grades. So he wasn't another offensive lineman. This this is starting to get a bit annoying now with the Rams. And not only that, him coming up from Baylor, he, like Baylor last year had an amazing upside with Matt Rule, but he didn't really play much. He had a torn ACL. And in terms of what he's going to bring, ACL injuries are, are really hard to recover from. And I know we said they needed a linebacker to address, but... I don't see him really lasting that much longer on the team unless it's for special teams, which at that point, it's just a C pick for me. And Jam, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I the only thing I would add, I had a similar grade, C minus. The only thing I would add is, like, I, I read something too about maybe moving to special teams. I And I will admit, I don't totally know the Rams' need for the special teams, but the fact that they ignored the offensive line yet again, it's, I think I, I kind of wonder if like the fan, the fans and just like in general, the, the need for improvement on the O-line was not seen as a priority um, until kind of 2020 hindsight, just cause it's kind of egregious how long it went ignored, but that's just kind of a, something I wonder about. That would be extremely confusing. Because the main reason it seemed like the Rams turned from a mediocre team to a really good team was that they fortified their offensive line when they got Whitworth and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Roger Hiverstein. And then this past year when the offensive line took a step back, their whole offense took a step back. And I'm a huge proponent of offensive lines are a Mm -hmm. very underrated key to success for just about any offense. Mm -hmm. So I'm in the consensus that I don't know why they're not taking offensive linemen. Mm -hmm. And you made the kind of comment how you see him as a special team where Sammy and I have a propensity to do that with all these late round guys. We just are like, yeah, he's probably not going to play. We could see him on special teams. And he's another one that fits the mold. Although he is a need. We're at pick 234. You're not expecting a guy this low in the draft who Sammy mentioned didn't play last year on a Baylor, the one Baylor team in the last four years that was actually good. You Mm -hmm. can't expect too much out of him. And Mm -hmm. I'm not going to expect too much out of him this late in the draft. It would be unfair to him, unfair to the team. It's a check for me, but it's just a check in the fact that he was a linebacker at Baylor, not in the fact that I see him being a linebacker for the Rams. Yeah. Let's move on. Well, they can't took wait another, to see them address uh, the line. No, not yet, Sammy. 248th <laughs> overall. They stuck to specifically special teams. They took sl- some slum? Is that how it's pronounced? <laughs> Sometimes I can't read my own handwriting, but I think that's what it is. Kicker out of uh, Miami, Ohio. Uh, Sammy and I don't do grades for kickers. Just we had a also we talked about that with our late round guys. They're just so hard to figure out, and it's just not worth it because people will criticize any kicker taken, even if they're taking a two forty eight. It's an mm-hmm. NA for me, but Jem, I'm guessing you did give them some sort of grade. So what do you grade? Yeah, this one was hard. I mean, I I I gave it a a C plus because I I don't know much about how to grade special teams and, and kickers. But I, I thought that the Rams, so I th- they lost their first guy, right? Zerlane, Zer is that his name? Um, Greg the Leg. Yeah, Greg the Leg, that's right. But I, w- I thought that they had two other kickers that they signed. And so this guy would be the third. And I, so I don't, I 
don't totally know how to rank that. I, I think at this point in the draft, maybe it was just sort of like, okay, we'll see how he does. I, he, um, I think he went, I think he did pretty well at Miami of Ohio, but he's not like a long, he, he doesn't, he didn't make any kicks that are considered long, like over 50 yards. Yeah, you're right. They have two other kickers on the team. But one's from the XFL and one's from the CFL. None of them have been in the NFL at any point this far. So it's basically three just draft picks. I'm upset that neither of you, it's Sam Sloman. And it was just my handwriting was really bad, and neither of you corrected me. I don't know. I like Sam Sloman. Sam seemed to sound better. That should be his nickname. (laughs) (laughs) I mean,. So he's going to be in a competition for the starting kicking job because they have mm-hmm. three guys with zero combined NFL experience. So it's not maybe he doesn't have professional experience. You could say like the two of them, but it's he'll be it'll be a fair competition. So maybe you'll actually get to see him unlike some of these other guys. You're telling me that wasn't intentional with his name? No, I <laughs> told you my handwriting is awful. That's how I wrote it. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's very fitting. Let's move on to their last. <laughs> Sammy, let's, let's, I'll give you all the time you want on this last pick because they finally addressed the offensive line. <laughs> 250th <Yeah>. overall. <laughs> they took Tremaine Ankrum. Ta- he played tackle slash guard out of Clemson. Sammy, you take it away. You finally got your offensive lineman. What were your thoughts on this one? The Rams got their guy. Woo! Yay. <laughs> <laughs> This is just really confusing why it took them so long to address probably the one of the biggest needs on the team. And Ankrum himself, he wasn't in, in our pre-draft coverage, so in terms of what we're going to be expecting out of him isn't too much. But he did start at right tackle for Clemson and especially won one championship and lost the other in, his, in the two seasons as he started at right tackle. So in terms of what he could bring, there is good upside, you know, Clemson being a really high-touted program. And to see him all the way down this far is actually confusing, considering that you'd think that some team would have made the gamble for that pick or that spot. And maybe he just needs a little more NFL coaching to really perfect his craft. And overall, in terms of him as a player, I like him. And I'm happy that they got him at I mean, they got him at 250, so there's nothing uh, wrong or uh, negative about that. So overall, I'm I'm happy with this pick. I just wish they addressed it earlier with some of the other duds that they made. To be for me, actually. Yeah, my guess, my guess is that although he played tackle in college, they're transitioning him to that guard spot because physically they don't expect him to be able to compete there on the NFL level. So that would be the reasoning for him falling so far. I do agree with you, though. He was a good player. He was a team captain we know people love those team captains with the late round picks that can always be their reasoning for taking a guy it's a check pick for me because at least they are finally hitting a need on that offensive line and the value is maybe slightly better maybe you could have said you argue he was maybe in that sixth round but six to seven or seven to seven not too big of a deal for me at least they addressed it will he play much i'm not super high on that because even if he played right tackle, so he'd play right guard, and I didn't have the right side of the offensive line. It was more the left side as a weakness. So we'll see if he moves to the left side or if he's just kind of there just in case someone gets hurt or leaves or if he just plays some spot duty, whatever it ends up being. 
or maybe he's a special teamer like all these other guys. So it's a check for me. Jam, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I um, so I gave this an A minus mainly because it they I feel like pick wise it was like a a good they needed to fill this need much farther up, but I think. Yeah, like what you guys are saying, the fact that he played for Clemson. From what I can tell, he seems like a really intelligent, like football intelligent player, which is useful. He, I think he moves really well. But I, and I, having played at Clemson and having started like more than half of the games that he played in, I think, you know, that's, Clemson is interesting because like they play like really good teams. Like he played Chase Young but they play really bad teams too. So it's, so the experience is interesting given like, I mean, my team is the Raiders and like given the kind of Clemson players that have come to the Raiders in the recent years, it's kind of a crapshoot, but I, I'm glad that they finally (laughs) addressed the offensive line, even if it was the last pick. At least they did it. At least they got their guy, as Sammy said, they waited all the way to 250 and made their move. Yeah, just exactly. uh, gonna casually leave out that yeah he got smoked by LSU in the championship game, so I'm just gonna put that in there. Absolutely, that's probably why he fell. Makes sense. <laughs> All right, let's let's wrap this up. We'll get to their final thoughts and grade of the Rams draft. Jem, we'll start with you. Um, I give it. I would say like a B minus B. Eventually, all the needs were met. The order was interesting. Sammy, I did not like this draft. I'm not a fan of the order. I'm not a fan of most of the value of the spots they ended up drafting from. I feel like the lack of a first rounder probably hurt them. They probably could have traded up or at least tried to get a first rounder with this deep class. Because if they at least use their later round picks onwards from the fourth round pick, I'm, I'm still not too high on the Hopkins pick. Anything after the fourth round really was pretty much wasted by the team, except for the last pick, which they addressed the offensive line, but at what point, at what cost, you know? Well, literally no cost. I mean, (laughs) they just wasted picks left and right, and I'm not really sure what their strategy is, doubling down positions that they already have players in, or just not exactly a need as well. And... I mean, probably Cam Akers and Terrell Lewis were probably the two above average picks. I would say everyone else was pretty much below average. And for me, I'm 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 being harsh with the Rams on this one. It's a, it's a C minus for me. Oof, that is rough. I don't even think you gave that low to the Patriots. Uh, Duggar won his heart with me, so he won my heart. Oh, oh please, Homer. <laughs> I'm not gonna good. disagree with you too. With your overall sentiment, I'm not disagreeing with you too much. The first two picks, I'm not a fan of the Van Jefferson one, obviously. The Cam Akers one more that he's a running back, and they took that with their first pick. Even if it wasn't need, they just... You should have addressed the offensive line, possibly. A couple of nice values later, I mentioned Terrell Lewis and Bryson Hopkins were my two in particular that I gave pluses. But only three pluses out of all their picks, and two of them were in the seventh round which doesn't really provide any real value for me. I just, yeah, I didn't love their draft overall. I'm going to go, I'm going to go C slightly higher than Sammy, but not fond of it either. Yeah. I, I have a question. I'm just curious because I haven't gotten to listen to your podcast yet. What did you think about the Raiders draft? 
The Raiders? Yeah. Because you said you already um, talked about the draft class, right? Uh, in terms of a Raiders draft, it was an A+, plus, if that means anything. <laughs> That's true. Oh, gosh. There's a lot of love for Clemson. That's, yeah, making me... In terms of what that my... John Gruden just watches the pl- college football playoff, and that's where he gets all his yeah. players. That's true. And Lynn Bowden. And Lynn Bowden, who's one of my favorites. The difference with the Raiders was that I had them addressing a need with every single pick, even if mm-hmm. a couple of them were really bad values. And yeah. we love the Amik Robertson pick in their fourth round pick, at least. Mm, yeah. So I believe I gave them slightly i gave him higher because they had every need probably in that b minus c plus range i would have to mm-hmm. go back and check that out but it was i liked the better than the rams yeah it was definitely much better than the rams one for me but it was still a very interesting one to talk about yeah 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 no it's With true all the receivers. We, uh, we were just kind of hoping that we don't like Derek carr we think they could do better and we really would have loved like we were kind of thinking like Jake Grom or even I didn't want Jacob Eason because I think he's overrated, but I was kind of <laughs> Jake Grom, baby. I know, yeah. Eason overrated, from overrated. I mean, what more? What more do we need? I know. Here? I thought maybe like Jake Fromm would be like the kind of dark horse, like typical of a Raiders. But alas, they are clearly happy with Derek Carr and are going to try and build around him. So don't forget about Marcus Mariota. They signed him. Yeah. I'm yeah. I mean, I, hey, you he's an Oregon guy. Effect where Tannehill, Tannehill on his second team kicks Mariota off his first team. And then he comes into his second team and kicks Carr off his first team. And then Carr ends up kicking off somewhere, someone else next year. Yeah. That was like of life. <laughs> yeah. No, nope. anything else you want to add Jim? Uh, no, this was really fun. Thanks for inviting me on. I hope I said like some kind of meaningful things, but <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, thanks Always for coming on for sure. And we'll have you on again for another episode during this draft coverage. So cool. we're sticking to, you get you get a lot of our California teams. You didn't get the Raiders, but we're giving you the majority. I can bring my hatred to the 49ers. I mean, it's you're supposed to know your enemy, right? So I think... And I'll, I'll go to battle against you, so it'll be good. Great. Okay. <laughs> all right, Sammy, thanks for coming on as always. Thanks for having me. And thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe to Firmly Grasp It wherever you listen to your podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Grasp It 2020 for any updates. You can email us for any questions or comments at Grasp It 2020 at gmail.com. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.